0: one episode seven we're actually at the midweek point of game week 36 so the champions league semi-final has just completed with real madrid losing to man city in quite spectacular fashion but we still actually have one fpl game to go so that's going to be newcastle versus brighton and course some of the best point scores this week have already played in those two teams that's going to be Estupinian who got 17 versus Arsenal as expected and then Wilson of course with 12 with two penalties and one actually with really his last minute of football as he was about to be subbed off so of course um X-Men slightly unclear in that situation I suppose but we also had Trent as well, who got 13 points. And I think these three players really culminated whether you actually currently have a good week so far or you don't. And if you somehow found your way to owning neither of them, I'm sure it's been absolutely devastating because these are all 50 to 60% EO picks that have been insane in, in, in terms of how they've performed compared to some of their peers with similar to EV when we were looking at game week 36 last week. How, how did you stand in terms of this week so far?
1: Yeah, so I think auto subs uh, helped this week. And when I say auto subs, I mean auto subs which have a weightage of 100%. Yeah. So uh, they include Ederson and Shaw. And I desperately needed those points because for once Ederson has come to the rescue of my team. And that is also via a we- very weird situation where Mondi played all of a sudden and Kepa didn't play. So I mean, I'll take the points any day of the week. And other than that, I think the only two differences in our team are I have Bruno versus your Watkins and that didn't go too badly for you because uh, Watkins got an assist as well and Ederson versus Steele and Steele has a game to go with only two points to catch up. And I think he will, Uh, even if I think even if uh, Newcastle score, he could easily get three saves and get to two or beyond. So I think we could easily end up with the same number of points this week, which uh, is not a good thing for me because I'm desperately trying to gain some rank. So, if you are an indication of what the field is looking like right now, I needed to do much better than what I have done this week, and that included bringing Isaac in and captaining him, which because Wilson scored two penalties and got subbed off, further kind of accentuates the point that X minutes did win out, but of course, this like points didn't. There are no points for me to show for it.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. Obviously, I want to preface that for the people who aren't looking at my face on 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 YouTube. And I was being sarcastic with Hixpins yeah, not being yeah. clear um, <laughs> earlier with Wilson. But as far as double game week, 37, we have a Manchester double. I think that's, of course, where the priority of our transfers will be focused around. And potentially the only single game we team that we might be looking towards in terms of whether we continue to keep them despite having a good fixture is going to be a team like Arsenal. So Arsenal is one of those teams where you could conceivably move some players out so Zinchenko or Gabriel, if you've been owning such a player, you could be transferring them out and the same with, let's say the likes of Saka, Martinelli, Martinelli, of course, who's actually seemingly out, out for the season and then Odegaard yeah. as well. So these are your picks that you can move towards Man City. I think it makes sense to first talk about the strength of two free transfers for Gaming 38. The interesting thing is a lot of people do seem to be rolling for Gaming 38. And I think that really just depends on where you sit in terms of Bruno and the ownership of, of him and your team. If you already own Bruno, I really think that there aren't many moves for you to make because so many of the punts this week will be around City. I'm also assuming that if you are a Bruno owner, you also own one United defender and Rashford. So there really shouldn't be the need to go for another Man United asset. And therefore all the City assets is really a lot of guesswork and, and punting. And that probably means you've got more chances of getting starts and not having to rely on, on dodgy X minutes by rolling your free transfer if you own Bruno? I don't don't know how you feel about that.
1: I think the first thing we have to understand is, uh, as you said rightly, that if you already own the likes of Bruno, Salah, if you have already covered all the bases for GW37, I would highly recommend rolling into thirty-eight with two free transfers because that is exactly the kind of week where you can punt on players and not obviously worry about transfers down the line because, you know, that's the end of the season. Someone like DCL could come in handy, although having said that a couple of weeks ago, he seems to be an injury doubt again. And given DCL's record, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's record, I would be very hesitant to bring him in if there's any doubt around him. But players like that could easily be your target in game week 38, especially because Isaac plays Chelsea and I'm, even though Chelsea are so bad this season, I still think that the matchup versus Bournemouth is pretty enticing for someone like Dominic Calvert-Lewin. So. You can, you can target players like him who might not necessarily be top on EV right now on the review, but that's primarily because their minutes are low or because you still have some weightage as assigned to info value, right? Because you could technically see someone get injured in game with 37. So having that information by the time you get into 38 would be very vital and you could react to some injuries as well. Like for example, uh, Salah. He Of course, he's a tank and you hardly see him get injured, but let's say someone like him gets injured Then you have two free transfers to react to something like that as well So I, I would highly urge people to carry the free transfer to next week But also, you know, for example in your situation I would perhaps not do that because you don't own Bruno and you're trying to look for the third Man City asset and of course we are going to once again rely on Luke from inspected goals to kind of help us out in Kind of understanding where we stand in city assets and if we can expect anyone to start twice especially in defense i think because for those that don't own ederson i think you might stand a better chance of getting a player who starts twice because all the signs right now are pointing towards ederson getting benched at least once the worst thing would be if Arsenal lose to nottingham forest because in that case city would have already won the league before they even play their first game of the double game week and then that would actually through all our plans, all right. And that that's even worse for someone who has planned through all these things. So for City Assets, wait for some predictions. Wait for maybe till like towards the end of the deadline to see if there's any new information that comes through because I don't think there's going to be a press
0: conference, right? Before the deadline. No, it's a Sunday game. So I don't think we'll, we'll get that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if that is the case, then I would highly recommend waiting till the last moment possible to make these transfers.
0: Yeah, no, so I agree. I think the, the initial point that you raised was that Triple United is probably the best way to go this week. And as you're rightly saying, City is going to be a huge punt. And even going back to the discussion of free transfers for gimmick 38, I think it's worth recognizing that there will be some teams that have much less to play for on 38, whereas this pool of teams that are all competing for fourth place and that Champions League is well, third and fourth, actually in terms of Newcastle, United, Liverpool, and Brighton, these are all teams that we could conceivably see be fighting it out towards Game Week 38. So yeah. I like betting on transfers towards there. So that's why Triple United makes a lot of sense to me because their game on 38, I, I don't see many instances where it's not important, even if, let's say, Newcastle were to win versus Brighton. So that that makes um, sense to me. The, the issue, I suppose, is if you are going towards Triple City... Then you, you could put yourself in a lot of doubt for Gaming 38 as well. So, one thing before you even think about City is when you're on review and you're looking at your sols as well. I think part of the guesswork is not only 37, but 38 as well, because yep. you have to try and uh, guess the minutes of 38. If you think 38, for example, is a dress rehearsal for that FA Cup final, then that probably leads you towards more of the lineup that we sort of saw maybe the 10 versus 11 versus Real Madrid but maybe let's say Walker out for Aké that could be a change that we could see with Hakanji moving towards that right center back position and and you have to sort of punt like that right because players like Alvarez, Mares and Foden they feel like they're actually on the outskirts of the first team they're kind of their bench options and so if you only really see see them playing let's say 90 minutes versus Brighton and I think Mares is is the one exception there. I I feel like he's probably going to get more minutes than Foden and Alvarez then that's something to think about too. On the other hand, you have players like Grealish and and Gundogan, who probably will actually play that Chelsea game. Gundogan was actually taken off a little bit earlier in the Real Madrid game, so I think that's a positive if if you're trying to, let's say, look for a start versus Chelsea. At the same time, Grealish has also been benched back-to-back league games, and we've seen him be fit enough, at least for, for most parts of the season, to actually play consistently, even with European fixtures sandwiched in. So I actually think those two players have good X-Mins when you're looking at Chelsea. And even when you look at, let's say, the review spread of EV, really, I think clearly targeting that Chelsea game it is quite crucial. So I can understand that Gundo doesn't really rate particularly well in terms of EV, but potentially once you make those x men adjustments, he could show up at, at, as potentially a better option. But Marez probably is the one midfield punt that I would look at. And then Alvarez, I also really like him, just because he has actually so much positional flexibility, uh, a little bit like Foden, but we could also see... Someone like KDB is probably more prone to being rested than someone like Grealish, in my opinion. And that's the kind of thing that you're looking for. Even Haaland, for example, if let's say he was to have a fantastic yes. game, and given that City don't really need to play him more than 60 minutes, that could mean a lot of Alvarez X-Men's. And so the safety there seems to be with Alvarez and Mares to me, if I was to really just conclude on City.
1: Yeah, and from my limited knowledge and whatever I've seen of City this season, I could easily foresee is getting 30 minutes against Chelsea and then 90 minutes against Brighton When once they've won the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the one thing I also thought about is typically, you know, for example, Gundogan is not renewing his contract, right? So very possibly this could be his last season with City. And if that is the case, he would most definitely play the most minutes in his final home game. Unfortunately, the final home game is in game week 37 and not 38. Yeah. So in 38, he plays away at Brentford. So I... Don't know how much value you can ascribe to him getting game time necessarily because it's his last, potentially his last Premier League game for City. Just because it's away from home, like it's not the same. Like the appreciation, the adoration that he would get from fans is not the same as he would at the Etihad. How many ever fans do show up, Uh, but (laughs) regardless of that, I think it's you have to take in so many intangibles while you look at X minutes. I would suggest that when you run your solves on review. You need to kind of hedge on every single decision. Do you think Laporte is going to play two games? If not, how do you think City is going to set up in the first game against Chelsea and then the second game against Brighton? And you have to do the same thing with the midfield and in uh, amongst the forwards. And the problem with the forwards is the forwards plus the midfield is going to make up the entirety of the minutes because Alvarez, as you said, has fluidity and he can play either instead of Holland or he can play in midfield instead of De Bruyne. So. The reason we are kind of going on about this is it's more important, but more important than any other time. I think this season that you need to consider all the intangibles, like FA Cup final dress rehearsal, saving up for the champions league final, which is, which has happened for the first time since Pep has joined Man City. So this is a very unique situation that we are in right now. And instead of having hindsight takes, you know, after things have happened, I would rather prescribe a, a more thoughtful approach by by punting on some decisions that Pep might take and then going from there.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. And I think for that same logic, I think that's why I don't really like targeting Man City defense this week. Even, for example, what what, what a lot of people would be suggested on a two-free transfer route would be to, let's say, downgrade someone like a Trent into a Ruben Diaz or something of the sort. I, I just don't like those moves, unless, for example, you're going for someone like Rico Lewis, who, of course, is going to give you a lot of budget flexibility and you probably don't even have to go out of Trent. Unless you're really dialed into that, I, I, I think going for a downgrade there just doesn't make sense because with the, the forwards, the sort of gulf in EV between some of the attacking picks versus the other midfield picks like like Osaka, who are on single game weeks, is still worth hunting on. Whereas with the defenders, I particularly with the uncertainty on 38 as well, I just don't really like even tempting myself towards a city transfer at this point in time. So that's kind of my opinion on, on on City. I think just moving back to United, though, we talked about how Bruno is essential. But like equally, I think there's some managers who might have to sidestep Bruno because he is quite hard to adopt. If you, let's say, own Maris and your team, you're quite happy to actually keep him there. Potentially, you might be looking towards a third Man United option. Would you go towards another midfielder punt right now in terms of like an Anthony or even a Sancho or do you like going for the defense or even Marshall, for example, someone who actually seems to rate quite highly in review. I I think he's out of the question though. I mean, we've we've been quite low on Marshall, but Eric Ten Hag has always spoken about how Marshall is someone who needs to be rested and eased in coming back from an injury. And, you know, once again, for, I don't know, whatever time this season it is, Marshall kind of is in that situation again, uh, finding some form, but I don't think he's going to find a lot of minutes in this double. So I think he's out of the question, but, definitely someone like Anthony and or a defender option is on the cards for me more so actually than a city defender.
1: So here's here's what I think about United midfielders particularly Sancho I think because a review kind of rates Sancho a little bit especially once you kind of boost his minutes past 70 minutes x minutes for both games I don't think Sancho is a good pick for this week he is similar in price to Anthony and I would much rather prefer Anthony because if there is a, if there is a situation where, let's say, Tenag gets his tactics wrong, which kind of has happened in the latter parts of the season, and he adjusts something, the first one of the first uh, uh, players to uh, be sacrificed is Sancho, in that kind of uh, system tweaks, systemic tweaks. And if Rashford is fit, that one position is kind of locked. Uh, no one is going to touch that position if Rashford is fit. So it all comes down to again. You can wait till the last possible moment to get as much information as you can. Because I think United's game is the second game of the game week. So there is a very slight chance that you might get some news as to if Rashford is included in the squad or not, or something of the of that nature. And if Rashford is in, is in the squad, the only way I would go for Anthony is if you want to go for Bruno, but going for him would mean that you are harming your team in other aspects, like for example, transferring out Salah is necessary to get Bruno. If that is the case, then I would look at someone like Anthony if that means you get to keep Salah. But other than that, I think Bruno is clear just because he has the most X-minutes, he is on penalties. Everyone knows the arguments for Bruno. I don't need to keep going on about it. Anthony has decent underlines, but he also doesn't have great X-minutes compared to someone like Bruno. He I think he's he is a definite compromise. And his EV is decent enough for you to play him in 37 and possibly either play him in 37 or once you make your gaming 38 transfer, you could then bench him. Is, uh, I think that's what I feel in general about United assets. And if you go for defenders, let's say there are some people who are looking to get an additional United defender, like someone, uh, let's say people have Shaw, Shaw all and they want to go for someone like Lindelof. I would ask them to take it with a pinch of salt because with Tenag we've seen a tendency to play right footed uh, center back at RCB and left footed center back at LCB. And given Varan's extremely fragile fitness condition, I would suggest that Varan plays only one game because uh, review for some reason is extremely high on Varan. And if Varan plays only one game, the second game could be a combination. The first game could be a combination of let's say Lindelof and Shaw, and the second game could be a combination of Varan and Shaw. But it could also be a combination of Varan and Lindelof. So it's it's weird you need to kind of uh, dial down the X minutes a little for both Varan and Lindelof i think to account for Shaw possibly playing center back
0: okay and if you actually have to pick between Varan and Lindelof would you actually go for for Lindelof i guess based on yeah, your yeah, yeah. Yeah. inclination yeah. there because,
1: yeah just because just because uh, varan is too fragile i think and we've seen it time and again time and ag- and again this season where varan has gotten sub sometimes at even half time sometimes not even past 30 minutes it's it's not been a great season for Varan in terms of injuries so from that sense yeah Lindelof is well clear of him in in uh, fitness sense
0: that sort of encapsulates the transfer segment for Double Gaming 37 as far as the bench conundrum that I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of us will have impending it's it's going to be between picks like Trent, Isak and Trippier now of course with Trent and Trippier you probably only would have a conundrum if you have a, a city defender because, yeah. or even let's say a double United defense, such as a short plus Lendelov situation. What what do you sort of generally feel about those options? And and even maybe like, let's say an Arsenal midfielder like a, a Saka.
1: Yeah. So if you look at reviews, um, sorry, EV for all four of them, they are kind of similar with, I think Saka is a little bit clear of the rest of the three, but between Trent, Isaac and Trippier, I think there's a difference of point two each. So it's not that big of a difference and someone who is chasing rank, I would go for a riskier pick and try to get some of that free risk as uh, Simon likes to call it, because normally what happens is you sacrifice too much EV in order to get a differential in, in the EO sense. But the problem with that is you're losing a lot of EV, but in this case, I think there's a case to be made where you can easily play Isaac over trend. If you are sure that Isaac starts the only risk there is of course if Isaac doesn't start because you know that Trent is going to start. Uh, but the problem, sorry, the, the other comparison is between let's say Trent and Trippier. So with that, the EV difference is a little bit more. So I would then just revert back to what EV says, but the the biggest conundrum I think is if for people that own Trent and Isaac, and in that case for people who want to increase their risk or relative risk, I would play Isaac personally. Uh, unless something happens in the Brighton game that changes things and if you just want to minimize your outcome variability The relative outcome variability. I would just play uh trend We can move on to the final section Which is of course captaincy and I'll go with the review picks and you can follow up with the transfer algorithm pick so review has uh, Holland Bruno and Rashford as the top three choices in that sequence and Unless you you think that some other city player is going to play both games and start both games. I think Holland is n- n- the natural captaincy candidate once again. And with Rashford again, it is for me, if Rashford is fully declared fully fit or we find out through some league that Rashford is fully fit before the deadline, I can adjust his minutes back to let's say 80 and 75 or something like that. And then I can have a look at if it's a close call. And again, if it's free risk, I will take it because I, expect Holland to miss out on a chunk of X minutes in the second game of the double game.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Because obviously this is probably the first time we're seeing that Holland is going to play in what we would call an inconsequential game if all things go to plan, really. And I think they will, given that LCR the way that they are with Lampard. As far as Rashford, I think one of the issues, of course, is that he also just has sort of X-Men's risks coming back yep. from an injury. You don't probably yep. have full information. Yes, we'll probably have an Eric Tanag press conference. I think he'll be kind, and I think Rashford has been utilized a lot this season, but you can see, of course, with the sort of rest here that ultimately he's seen consequences of running his players down, unless they're called Bruno, of course. And so, yeah, I, I think this is a nice chance to go with Bruno. One thing I'd to say with Bruno too, though, actually, is what do you make of, let's say, if Rashford wasn't to play, I mean, does that really... It doesn't seem like it impacts Bruno's EV, but do you think that that, you know, when you're, when you're picking captaincy and when you're sort of seeing the ceiling of Bruno, do you think that impacts it? Because it seems like Rashford being out would decrease the sort of XG ceiling of, of a team like uh, United.
1: That is actually a good question. And I've been thinking about this because, of, of course, I'm trying to think of alternatives to Holland in terms of captaincy. And the problem with, with captaining Bruno is I would need to be certain that Holland misses out on one game. Hmm. And I don't know how certain I am of that fact and if that doesn't transpire, I think it's an immediate EV loss as well as (laughs) points loss because I fully expect Holland to outscore Bruno if he starts both games and plays reasonable minutes. So it's just a case of if I am fully confident of Holland getting less than let's say 120 minutes, that is the case then I can make a judgement call based on that and yes Bruno the the team does have lower XG when the Rashford is out. But I still think that Bruno is largely unaffected by that. And as long as let's say someone like Martial can stay fit. I think he kind of not minimizes, but he does reduce the impact of not having Rashford around. Right. So uh, Sancho, Martial and Anthony as a front three is more than competent, I think, for someone like Bruno to play as a number ten and, you know, feed them with passes. Even though they were quite wasteful against Wolverhampton Wanderers. I would still expect Bruno to bomb Ahead, constantly forward, constantly, and try to get uh, assistant goals
0: Yeah, and I think personally, when you when you talk about Holland too, it's it, it seems like we have more certainty that he starts that game versus Chelsea. And as we were saying yes. earlier in, in in the pod, you have to target that Chelsea game because it's just much easier to to conceive that City would have more goals in that game or create more goals. So if if he is someone that we expect to start versus Chelsea, I think the captaincy on Holland is relatively safe now. In terms of uh, offering a little bit of diversity in, in, in the argument, you've got the transfer algorithm picks, which are actually exactly the same. But what I did want to bring out is that some of the Brighton midfielder picks, uh, unlike Review, as far as I can see from, from the EV, are actually pretty close to Rashford as a captaincy option. So probably some some elements of the community, and particularly when you look at market data, it seems like options like Matoma will, will actually come out as a relatively good captaincy option as well. Do you think that there's any chance that you would try and, let's say, target the Southampton game for, for this Brighton team? Or is it just the fact that you have double game week and, and City's one of them that it just sort of spells that out of the question?
1: No, th- that is a reasonable argument. And uh, the biggest point of contention, again, is that if you are convinced that any of your Brighton assets is going to play w- close to 180 minutes, I think they become automatically a captaincy contender for this week because of the inherent uncertainty of every single Man City player. Uh, not even the goalkeeper is safe next in the in the double game week. So because of that, it's very natural to go towards a team for whom you are quite sure about their their experience, right? And I think for McAllister and Mitoma, I'm pretty convinced that they would play between 150 to 170 minutes in the double game week, unless obviously again. The caveat of injuries or you know some other thing that goes down because we've seen i think sanchez also has now gotten in to it with deserby yeah he's he's not traveled with the squad yeah yeah so unfortunately it looks like Deserbi is that kind of polarizing manager where you either get on with him very well, or maybe, you know, you just leave the club, which of course there are, we've seen one example only. So I don't want to jump to the gun and, you know, judge Deserby based on just one example of Trossard, but it does seem to be a pattern if the thing about Sanchez is true. But other than that, yes, uh, Mitomas does seem to be a decent call, but with city and United assets, I would personally not going, go there because uh, United play Bournemouth. I think that is the
0: decisive factor for me. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think we can end the pod here. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, cheers. Bye, guys.